Praise the Lord. First Apostolic Church family, I'm looking forward to spending a few minutes with you today. Hope and pray that God is blessing you and keeping you and pray that these devotions are being a blessing to your spirit. Throughout time, crowns have been a symbol of several things. Number one, royalty. We have all probably seen the queen in England wearing her crown and other royal members. Number two is victory. In the early Olympics, the greatest athletes were given a crown made of leaves. Number three, freedom. Historians tell us that back in the Bible days when captives were set free, they often wore a crown to show their liberty and their freedom. In other words, a crown would mean royalty, it would mean victory, and it would also mean freedom. The crown associated with Jesus today is a symbol of victory. It's a symbol of healing and deliverance and power and authority, all the above. The death of Jesus on the cross was not a defeat or failure, but rather it was the process of sacrifice by which he could obtain the crown of eternal life for me and for you. In other words, it was the price that had to be paid. It was the only way to redeem us, to heal us, to fix us, and ultimately renew us. If the story ended with the death of Jesus on the cross, the entire Bible would have been a colossal failure. But I'm so glad that there was a third day, a resurrection day, a day that Jesus replaces the crown of thorns for a crown a victory. Our Bibles tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. In verse 25, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we and incorruptible. Ancient athletes devoted their whole lives to training and sacrifice, much like Olympic athletes do today. They did this in the hope of one day receiving the victor's crown. It was a crown of sacrifice, a crown of fame, a crown of social status, and a crown of human achievement. But the Bible says that that kind of crown was only an earthly crown, temporary. And it would tarnish and eventually fade away. It was corruptible, which means it would not last. But when we look at the crown that Jesus offers to those that obey his word and across the finish line into eternity, we see an incorruptible crown. Hallelujah. There are 21 references to the victor's crown in the New Testament alone. In 1 Thessalonians 2.19, it's called a crown of rejoicing. Paul spoke of our crown of righteousness, the defeat of sin. Peter said it would be a crown of glory that fadeth not away. James and John both said it was a wonderful crown of life, speaking of eternal life. But before there was a crown of rejoicing, and a crown of righteousness, a crown of glory, and a crown of eternal life. 
we see that the first four references to the victor's crown refer to the crown worn by Jesus Christ himself. In other words, Jesus won the victory first. And because of his death and burial and resurrection, he wears the victor's crown over death and hell and the grave. His victory is now our victory, but we must also suffer a death. I'm not speaking of a physical death. I'm talking about repentance, death to our self-will. We must also suffer a burial, and I'm not talking about a natural burial. I'm talking about burial by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, being fully immersed completely underwater. But we must also experience a resurrection if there's going to be a death and there's going to be a burial. And if we pattern our redemption and our resurrection one day after Jesus Christ's resurrection, we see and understand that there was a death and a burial and a resurrection. And our resurrection is when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and our spirit man is regenerated. We read about it in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 38 where it reads, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39 declares, For this promise is unto you. The promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And the very suffering of death, He defeated death and sin and Satan himself. And his crown of thorns became a crown of eternal glory and universal honor. The words say you have won the victor's crown. You have triumphed over sin and death. Your name is lifted high and rings through all the earth. And every demon spirit of hell trembles when your mighty name is heard. And we, your church, enforce your victory in the world. We not be be together each and every service physically, but we are together spiritually. And thank God by modern technology, we are able to continue to spread the gospel throughout the world. Revelation 3.11 reads, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. It could spoke of a lot of other things, but it says, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. In closing, this verse of Scripture simply implies that there will be attempts to derail us, to give up, that there may be people that will try sidetrack us that in this life we must contend or fight to preserve this crown of victory. In other words the crown that Jesus will present us on that glorious day is more than just a headdress it's more than just some cool accent piece to our apparel but it represents a victory forevermore. Victory over troubles, victory over life's sufferings Victory over sin's constant pressure and over past failures and victory over this life. A victory that never, ever will end and last for all eternity. My prayer for you today is that you get a hold of that crown of victory and don't let go. May God bless you.